We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Do you remember where this comes from? I dreamed a dream in time gone by, when hope was high and life worth living. It's been ten years since the lovely Anne Hathaway sang that song on screen in a dramatic scene, dripping with despair and her nose literally dripping as she did so. She won an Academy Award for it, for, I think, the singing of the song, not the dripping of the nose. The words were put to music 25 years before that and were written by Victor Hugo 150 years prior when he wrote what the world knows as Les Miserables, Les Mis. Anne Hathaway's character, Fantine, was a young lady whose life crumbled in the wake of sexual sin. And so desperate was she to make ends meet that we saw on the screen her her literally sell her hair. It was shaved as we watched. And then even worse, sold her very body. Now on the brink of death, she sings those words and then meets the one who would save her, the hero, the protagonist, Jean Valjean. Fontaine, I propose, gives flesh to the character that we hear of in the gospel today, the woman caught in the sin of adultery, who was being dragged into the temple. You can imagine her words also being, I dreamed a dream in time gone by, the dream just slipping through her fingers. And then, as you may know, the song ends but life has killed the dream I dream. Both women sinned, as, of course, we know we all have. Both committed sins of passion, not the most egregious in the hierarchy of sins, but sinful nonetheless. Both have faced abandonment by the men that they trusted, And both have been attacked by angry crowds representing the whole world against them. Yes, we know that in both stories there there is a happy ending, but don't gloss over it. Stay here for a moment. Stay with Fontaine. Stay with the woman there in the sand of the temple. Stay, if you want a more contemporary, with the mother in Ukraine or with the father distraught with losing a child. Stay perhaps even more fittingly with with your darkest secret, maybe your biggest fear, your worst day. It's right there, right there, when life kills the dream you dream. It's right there that Christ comes. He comes, as we hear in the Gospel, bending down and writing in the sand. And what does he write as the elders and scribes are dripping with venom, ready to stone the woman? We don't know. 
We don't know what is written in the sand, but we know three things of it. Number one, that in doing so, he was vulnerable. He didn't escalate the tension there. He didn't fight fire with fire, but he bowed. Knowing himself. Secondly, he went to the one place where she could see. You can imagine, right, her eyes just downcast, not looking where to go, despair just dripping in the air. The one place where she could see was as he bent down and wrote in the sand, giving her a sign of hope. And third, we know that whatever he wrote was enough for them to realize that not one of them was without sin. And so they all went away, starting with the elders. And then at the end, just the two, the two of them, so fitting, for she who sought solace with one man in solitude now finds complete consolation, complete fulfillment in solitude with the God-man. Neither do I condemn you, he says to her, but go and sin no more. His mercy, his life, which is mercy itself, begets more mercy. We see that with the crowd turning away, but his mercy is true. Never once does he say, ah, no biggie, but go and sin no more. He loves the sinner while hating the sin. And so he invites us to ponder, how is your dream? Maybe, maybe in your life you're still in the early days of it, all the excitement, all the fire in your belly, the honeymoon phase, if you will, and if so, praise God for it. Maybe, maybe you feel instead beat down, betrayed, abandoned, like life has killed your dream. Or maybe, like Fontaine and the woman in the gospel, you remember the despair and the darkness, but have found the Lord right in the midst of it, finding union, having a foretaste of heaven, that which, yes, is offered right here at every Mass, entering into our very lives. Whatever the case, each of us knows whatever phase of a dream we're in that we need, we know that we need forgiveness and that we need to be forgiving. It's the whole Christian life. Forgive us our trespasses, we say, as we forgive those who trespass against us. How fitting it is that our mission that starts tonight and then tomorrow night and Tuesday night is on that subject, forgiven. We'll be meeting right in the, the gymnasium of the parish center. I'd love to say that the staff and uh, Deacon Jim and I, we, we, we timed it. We knew the gospel so well that, oh, this will be perfect. We'll have the gospel on forgiveness and then we'll start the mission. We're not that good. <laughs> we're, we're not that smart. But the Holy Spirit lines things up beautifully. It's also the week, so fittingly, of the Day of Mercy. This Wednesday, from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m., 
You'll be hearing confessions in the chapel. See the bulletin insert for a very thorough examination of conscience and, and also the list of who the priests will be at the different hours. I invite all of you, whether it's been a month or 50 years since your last, to come back and join us in, in that mercy. And then finally, many of you have been asking after last week's announcement what the next step is. As the parishes of St. Mary's in Potsdam, St. Patrick's in Colton, and St. Mary's here in Canton are to be served by one pastor and one parochial vicar, we're dreaming. We met the priests, the deacons, the trustees, the pastoral associates of the three parishes. We came together this week, and truth be told, we're tempted just to dive right in and figure out something. What, what will the mass schedule be? Where will the priest live? What? If I do toot our own horn, we said, no, that's, that's not how we would do it in the Christian life. We start with the dream. We start knowing who it is that we are right here and right now, getting to know the respective parishes, and then dreaming what it is that God wants us to be. What is the ideal? Yes, it does feel at times as though life is beating us down, that life is killing a dream. But right in the core of her song are these words. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiving. And it never will. And he always is.